Hi, I'm Ken Kessler, and welcome to the Sounds of Christmas podcast. If you're new to this podcast, I want to start by saying thanks for joining us. If you're not new, welcome back. Either way, I'm glad you're here. Now, to avoid any confusion, I want to start off by saying there won't be any music played here. This is a place for conversation. I'll talk about Christmas music and some related topics, sometimes by myself and sometimes with guests. If you're looking for music, just go to soundsofchristmas.com and click on the tree or the player on the front page or on the Listen Now page. We play the best variety of Christmas music all year long. Well, except in October, when we play the best variety of Halloween music. Singer-songwriter Liz Kennedy joins us for this episode. Hi, Liz. Thanks so much for coming back on the Sounds of Christmas podcast. Hi, it's great to be back. Now, we talked a couple years ago, and I'll put a link to that episode in the show notes for anyone that missed it or just wants to hear it again about your uh, Christmas single, Snowman Moon, A Christmas Crime. And since we talked then, you have been re-releasing some singles in the lead up to new music that's on the way. And you also have a new Christmas single just out. And we'll talk about the new Christmas single in just a bit. But I want to... ask you about a couple of the songs that you've re-released this year. First, how about It's Late? In the description on that one on YouTube, you said, was I thinking of someone in particular when I wrote the song? You bet. A husband who golfed. Truth is, though, I'm often the late one. So is this about you or is this about somebody else? It's about it's about somebody else who was late all the time. Am I late? Never more than five or 10 minutes. I'm talking serious, people that are seriously late. And I do, I, I had the idea because my husband was quite often late. He's he's passed on now, but he was a great guy, really fun. And um, I got to thinking, I would be so mad. He would practically stand me up, even though we were married. But then when he'd come in, he would just look so darling. And he'd have this sheepish look. And I just forgave him, no matter what it was. He always had a story. And so that's what gave me the idea to write the song. And I, and I like the part of the song where I get really angry. <laughs> and I'm not marrying a guy who golfs. That's, it. that's one of the things that I say. And <laughs> he was always late because he was a golfer. And that came from the album Nothing Like an Angel, which is also another track on that album. Where did that come from? Oh, gosh. That's a rather poetic song of mine. It came from the way women suffer by taking care of other people, always. We're sort of healers and caretakers, and we come last quite often. I think I was in the middle of marriages, a marriage, and maybe a divorce. I was married twice. And uh, both have passed away. And children. And it was that you can't solve all the problems in the world, but you, but you really try and you practically kill yourself trying to heal. And so I was also saying that I can't do it all. I, I, I try, but it's, it's impossible to I think I say uh, 10,000 skin knees. You just can't get to all the pain that's out there. And nothing like an angel. Well, yeah, I sort of play with the uh, being an angel, but failing at being an angel. I'll trust that with an album that came out a few years later, Hike Up Your Socks. 
as a, as an artist, I know you probably hate this kind of question, but what are the significant differences between Hike Up Your Socks and Nothing Like an Angel? The songs or the albums? The albums. I think uh, uh, Hike Up Your Socks, I was trying to be a little rootsier. I would say that I started out not knowing anything about production. It was just me alone in a room writing a song. And then I teamed up with Joel Jaffe. And he was uh, very influenced by R&B and gospel. And I hadn't played with other people before ever. I mean, really, I came out of uh, a room by myself. And so I think the first few few albums were me learning what I really liked in orchestration. So it was a little more folk rootsy along with a little R&B. So I think that it was more me producing a sound that was more rootsy, I guess. It's hard to say. And the song from that album that uh, that you re-released this year was Everybody Knows How It Goes, which also features Taj Mahal. I think I asked you this last time. I'm pretty sure I did, but I have to ask again. How did you connect with Taj Mahal? Because um, he lives in the area and he knew my producer, who's also a guitar player, and Joel owned a studio and is a great producer and sound engineer and musician. He, he does it all. And he had known Taj and I'd always loved Taj, a sound. I like, I love him. And I wrote that song about seeing, I went to old Cella. We called it, old, people called it. It was the one where all the old people went and we saw the old people performing. And Taj is back from, my roots of my younger life and um, and he had a younger life too and I thought that his sound and so did Joel would blend with me and it did and on my new upcoming album that's going to slowly come out one at a time uh, with a video on each one uh, Taj sings with me again on a, on a new song that's going to come out pretty soon. Yeah, and that was great fun. He's just so amazing. I love what you had said in, in the description for the video of Everybody Knows How It Goes. And I'll put a link to your YouTube channel down in the show notes, too. Um, you said, music defines us and still does. We would just be lumps of skin and hair in a corner somewhere without that music holding us together, giving us shape and form. And I, I love good. that. Yeah, I can't imagine going a day, maybe not even an hour, where music isn't part of it. You know, I, I was just thinking about the other day, we always had a turntable going. Wherever you were, there was a turntable going. And I could do anything with that, with listening to music, loud, soft, whatever, everything I did. Now, as a younger person, sometimes I have to go and turn the turn it off just to think and get my emails out or something like that. But that, that we were studying, we were doing everything with music in the background. Anyway, I, I love reconnecting with 
everybody that I always have loved. I, I feel like they are in me and formed my body. I mean, they're like in my in the cells in my body in my skin. All that music from back then. It's it's like we're all covered in it. You know, music is is so powerful, and I I was talking to somebody uh, just the other day about this. You know, we we lost Jimmy Buffett recently, uh, and but we have he, he left us such a great legacy of music, and it's it's what a wonderful gift that we still have that. I never met him. I never, you know, or, or I've been to his shows, but uh, that's the closest I've ever got. So I didn't know him, but still the music was a part of my life and I still get to have that even though he's not around anymore. And I just think what an amazing gift that is to be. Well, able you to have, be. Yeah. You have people writing books that we keep painting paintings mm -hmm. and music. I mean, I'm, I guess there's some other things you can live behind, leave behind uh, legacies, like maybe a company that exists uh, through the generations or something like that. But I think most people will say that music is one of the most long lasting. I know that I realized as I lost my parents, their last memories and ability was to recall a song from their from their lives. I mean, they lived during the big band era and they both loved music. And my mother who kind of lost her brain at, at some point still remembered the songs and I would play something and she'd say, sing it Frankie. And it was Frank Sinatra. <laughs> and she, she never missed that it was, you know, and then she'd look at me and say, is he gone? And I'd say, no, no, he's here. I'd just lie. And uh, she would just listen to Frankie. But it, that just was always so telling. I've got a new song that's coming out. It, it's not in this batch, it's in the next, but just about how those are the last memories to, to leave and what some songs will hit you like a knife through the rib cage, and others will make you feel so happy. that they'll, they'll bring it all back. It's like a traumatic stress or something. You, you're, you, you can feel it like a bomb. Yeah, my father passed away a few years ago and he was not not big into music. But when I was a kid, I can remember sitting on the front seat of the car with him listening to the radio while mom was in getting groceries. And I remember this Johnny Cash song, One Piece at a Time, where he told the story of working at one of the big auto manufacturers where he was stealing a piece of a car because he wanted his own Cadillac. And we just thought it was such a funny <laughs> song. Oh, and I, I heard that. And that's just something makes me think of my dad. And shortly after he passed, I heard it. And it was a, an emotional wallop. Because I couldn't tell you the last time I heard it. And then I heard that. And it was funny. And it was sad all at the same time. And I could hear it now. And it's just a nice, warm, nostalgic memory that makes mm -hmm. me think of my father. And it's just amazing that music has that power. It, it, it's really amazing. And I, um, I'm i really glad that my father was able, because I didn't start performing until my 50s. And he came to one of my shows. And I just remember specifically singing one song that he, he liked of mine. And I just 
the connection between he he was able to find a song that I wrote that he actually really liked. I'm not sure he liked it all, but there were a few that he really liked, and and so I I, I feel even a connection that way. But um, their music, my parents would dance all the time together. And my brother and I go, oh, stop, you know, that, we don't want to see, you, you know, but actually we loved it. And, they, and my dad was 6'3 and my mom was 5'4. So they were quite a picture when they would, my mom would be on her tiptoes. But we, there was always a hi-fi in the house and always, you know, Frank Sinatra, Louis Prima, all of that. And my dad loved it. They both were. So anyway, it, it it music is a part of your body. That it's very physical. Yeah, it sure is. We've talked about a couple of the tracks that you have coming out. I'm guessing since 2023 is starting to wind down that this is going to be at least early 2024 before we get these. Well, yes, and that's because you know, I always dropped a whole album and then went back and promoted individual songs as I saw fit with a video. And I was pretty much told then that by my by Steve Belkin, my business manager, that you don't do it that way anymore. And it was upsetting to me because that's the way I've been doing it. And you get 12 songs or something and I would release them and then go backwards. But now I'm kind of excited. I've got five videos in the can and I'm just going to drop each one at a time. I'll co I'll collect it in a in a uh, album. But because I had to, I wasn't going to release the song without a video. I got slowed up. But boy, it's going to come out with a bang now because I'm going to have a really good video for each song. And now I'm just oh okay. Now you have to call me singer songwriter filmmaker film creator because I have a great team. I have a great editor, but um. I'm, I think up the ideas a lot. So, you know, I don't want to put out something that's not good because I was in the film business for 20 years before. So I have opinions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's shift gears and talk about what uh, a lot of people who are listening to this have been waiting for. New Christmas single is called Snow in San Francisco. Where did this come from? It came from being 25 in San Francisco. Uh, after college, I moved to San Francisco. And in 1975, there was a snowstorm. And it was terribly exciting because the whole world felt different. I was inside when it started and a huge storm came, but it didn't feel like there was rain on the roof. It, it all felt different, the whole pressure of everything. And I looked outside and it was snowing in a city that never sees snow and snow i mean real snow not just snow in the air but it was holding on the ground and i've never forgotten how fun i went out and i skied in my tennis shoes and i uh everybody it just made everyone turn into kids and it just felt like christmas to me at the time so i like kind of unusual christmas songs and even though it was not christmas day it was the wrong month and it was the wrong day but it felt like I was finally having my first Christmas experience in the city of San Francisco. So I decided to write a song about it. And there was, there was footage about that day 
And when I saw that, I thought, well, great. I'm, I'm, I've got a, I've got a video and I've got an idea of a song that I tucked away in my brain since I was 25, the experience of that. I lived in California for about 15 years, but it was on the opposite end from you down in San Diego, where we hardly yeah. ever saw rain, let alone snow. Right, right. Even though San Francisco is a good eight or nine hour drive north from San Diego, I, I wasn't sure about the weather, so I Googled it. So for anybody who's wondering, it looks like it has only snowed measurably in San Francisco about 10 times in almost 150 years. Yeah. Okay. So that's unusual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm actually fourth generation Southern California. So I went to school up in the Bay Area. So so it was it was rare, very rare. Yes. You know, it's it's kind of funny. Most of the country doesn't get snow in December. No. Well, I in my song I say, "Oh, you might almost like you some of you people out there are probably smug and you get snow on just the right day all, all the time. No big deal." That's that's sort of what I'm saying. But, you know, it wasn't couldn't have been as special as my one day. Well, snow at Christmas is such an iconic thing that I think no matter where you live, you have that image that those two things just go together, even right. if it never snows where you live. Well, I could have written a song. Maybe the next one will be about having Christmas in the desert and just a completely different uh, scenario or something. But yeah. I, well, um, I thought I'd never write a Christmas song because I love Christmas carols. I don't always like jazzy Christmas songs or something, but but people, but some of them are like great stand, standards, White Christmas and things like that. And Frank Sinatra doing them, but that's just not my style. But um, but I, I was encouraged to do a song. And I'll tell you what's fun is that you get to come out with the song year after year. <laughs> and uh, so that's kind of fun. I have been, I was a, a radio brat for a long time. And I, so I moved around a lot in Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Raleigh, North Carolina, and Cincinnati. And there was only one year when I lived in Cincinnati that it snowed on Christmas Eve. And it wasn't the kind of snow that you were talking about. It was just some flurries and they went away. But there is just something that's that's just kind of magical about that. I bet that, you all ran outside to look at. You all ran outside. Yeah, to you bet. Wow. It was, and it was late at night, but it was, the city was silent. Yes, and, that's what I heard too. Yeah. And it's just, it's magic. And it does, just like you said, it takes you back to being a kid. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I, you don't, you never know what it is that's going to happen that brings out your sense of fun. And boy, do we need that. Yeah. And so it's an excuse where you're suddenly in a community with everyone that's there that's also experiencing the snow or whatever the unusual event is. So it brings you together. So everybody was outside having fun, building snowmen. and uh, We weren't able to do that when I was in Cincinnati because none of it yeah. stuck. But yeah, I bet you opened your mouth and had it fall in your you mouth. You bet I did. Trying to catch a snowflake on my tongue. Absolutely. Right. The new song is Snow in San Francisco. You can check out the video on Liz's YouTube channel, and I'll put that down there in the show notes with all the other stuff. It was so nice to catch up with you again. I'm looking oh, forward to sharing the new song as well yeah. as Snowman Moon again this year. 
And I can't wait to hear the new stuff that you have coming for next year. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. I think I think it's there's some good good songs in that batch. Thank you thank so you. much for coming on again. Very happy to be here. And thank you so much for listening and for continuing to support the Sounds of Christmas station and podcast. I told you how to listen to the station and you're already listening to the podcast, so my work here is just about done. All of our episodes are available on the Sounds of Christmas website. Just click the podcast tab for that. We also have a Linktree page so you can find us on your favorite streaming site, and then you can subscribe and you'll never miss another episode. And I'll put the link to the Linktree page down there with all of the other stuff. If you have comments or suggestions on this episode, previous episodes, or the Sounds of Christmas station, feel free to reach out to me on social media or through the website. Thanks again. And may you always believe in Santa Claus.